Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. Today I have a 10 year plus veteran professional wrestler, Mistress Belmont, who has held numerous titles from Chaotic Wrestling as well as New England Championship Wrestling. So you've been wrestling for 10 years. How were you first introduced to the wrestling world? When I was growing up, my parents decided to get rid of our television when I was probably about eight or nine years old. They felt we spent too much time watching television. My younger brother was in first grade and still couldn't read, so they decided to temporarily get rid of the television, and then they just decided to make it permanent. So we didn't have any exposure to television unless we went to a babysitter's house. And when I was probably like 10, I think, we were being babysat. I have two brothers, an older and a younger brother, and while we were being babysat, the sitter's teenage son would watch wrestling. And so that's kind of where I got my first little taste of professional wrestling was at a babysitter's house. And I remember watching it and just falling in love with it. And the more I watched it, the more it just intrigued me. And there's always something about wrestling that kind of drew me in, in a way that I wanted to do it. And now what were you watching growing up? Before it was WCW, it was NWA. And so uh, he would switch back and forth between NWA and at the time it was the WWF. And uh, Ric Flair was in the NWA with the Four Horsemen and Lex Luger and guys like that. And then in the WWF at the time, it was the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and kind of that era. So I kind of grew up in what I would consider to be like really classic, gimmicky, 80s style wrestling. And then when did you know that you could be a professional wrestler as a career. Honestly, not till I was much further along in life because I only got to see wrestling at the babysitter's house and then once we were too old for that, we would sneak a television into the house, a little black and white television or something when my parents weren't home and try to watch wrestling when we could. But I never got to see women's wrestling. So my only exposure to women was Miss Elizabeth and Sensational Sherry. So I thought that women could only be valet. I didn't realize they could wrestle until I was probably in my late teens or early 20s when I started hearing about Rock and Robin. But I never saw them wrestle but I started hearing all women wrestling and I can't even remember the first women's match that I saw I think it might have actually involved Rock and Robin on Saturday morning superstars of wrestling or something like that just thinking that something I really wanted to do I didn't want to be a valet because I felt like they were almost useless I wanted to do something more and then when I saw women's wrestling for the first time that's what I want to do and how did not seeing women's wrestling and really seeing very little of it how did that affect you transitioning over into the wrestling industry? The older I got, because I didn't start training until I was in my mid to late 20s. So at that point, I was out of my parents' house, and so I had access to wrestling. And when I was a teenager, because I didn't have a television or access to a lot of wrestling like some people, I relied a lot on magazines. I read Pro Wrestling Illustrated a lot, and so that kind of exposed me to women in wrestling like uh, Missy Hyatt, but then also Medusa. I followed wrestling as best as I could through magazines, and when I could watch it on television, I tried to watch as much of it as I could. As I got older. I remember going to independent shows and one of the first women's matches I ever saw live was Amanda Storm versus Precious Lucy, who Precious Lucy turned out to be Lufisto. And I was probably in my early 20s, maybe 22 or something like that. And I just remember thinking that those two women just kicked so much ass. And I was so impressed by that kind of what sets my desire to be a wrestler really in motion. And then I realized that this was something that I wanted to actively pursue was that match between Precious Lucy and Amanda Storm. And now after seeing this match, how'd you go about finding a wrestling school to train at and to be trained properly? 
time, as much as I hate to admit this, the internet hadn't been invented yet, and I didn't know there was such a thing as wrestling schools. I honestly had no idea how to go about it. And so essentially, I kind of went to some independent wrestling shows and talked to promoters and asked about training, and I had a, one or two people that were interested in training, and it fell through, and I wasn't really sure what to do, and I kind of went through life. I went on a few years, and it, it kind of got put on the back burner because I had a regular full-time job and whatnot, and then probably in around 2002 or 2003, my younger brother, who also wrestles as well, he wrestles uh, the juggernaut. He actually went to a, a little independent show in the town lived in, and he's a big guy. Well, he just went to the wrestling because he was a wrestling fan and wanted to, you know, go see local wrestling. And a lot of people came up to him and said, hey, are you a wrestler? They thought he was what people like to refer to as a plant. He said, no, no, I'm just here to watch the show. But he stayed through the show, and then after the show, somebody actually stopped him on the way out and said, hey, you know, there's a wrestling school in Manchester. And we live in New Hampshire, so it would have been Manchester, New Hampshire. And got the information and went up and checked out the school. It was run at the time by Steve Bradley. And on his way back, he called me up and said, Cassie, you've got to come check out the school. I went to, they ran a fantasy camp. Periodically, they would run a wrestling camp on the weekends, and you could go, and they'd teach you a couple of basics, and you could put together a little wrestling match at the end of the week. So I went and did that, and then got a loan, joined the school, and that's pretty much how I got into it. And now being part of this school, how did you develop your character of Mistress Belmont? Did it come out of this school, or was it something that was influenced by another part of your life? Uh, it actually was a, a combination of both. I had gone through a uh, goth phase when I was in college, and it's always kind of stuck with me here and there. And when I was at the school, when I'd been training for a while, and I sat down with Steve Bradley, and he said, what would you be interested in doing for in terms of, like, my character? And I said, I'm not really sure. And, you know, we talked about it. We threw some ideas around. And he was fascinated with the character of Baby from Devil's Reject. And he kind of wanted me to go in that direction. And so my character has pretty much remained the same, but there's been subtle changes to my appearance and whatnot. And he didn't like the blue hair, but once I went with blue, I actually really liked it. And so that was the one thing that we differed on. He didn't want me to have blue hair, and I liked it. But for the most part, it was a matter of sitting down and kind of talking it over and what we exactly wanted to do going forward. He liked the idea of having somebody do kind of a gawky gimmick and turned up a little bit. So that's where Mr. Spellmog came from. And now in 2006 and 2007, you wrestled in New England Championship Wrestling, where you yeah. feuded with Violet Flame. How did you discover this promotion and how do you feel that your feud played out with her? I trained occasionally with Nikki Rock, who went on to be Roxy Laveau or just Roxy in TNA. Uh, in New England, she was really pretty much the biggest name to come out of New England in terms of women's wrestling. And is a fantastic women's wrestler and did wonderful things, take care of the girls up and around here. And she would come to the school and train with me. And she helped me when I first started wrestling on shows and whatnot. She had me wrestling with her a lot just because she was much more experienced than I am. And she was the one that kind of said, hey, come down to Triple W. Why don't you come down and watch a show and kind of get your face out there and whatnot. And so I did. I went down and watched a show, and it really impressed me because the location and everything about it just seemed very impressive. And so essentially I met the promoter, Sheldon Goldberg, and we talked, and he said, you know, I'll see what I can come up with for you. So where I was very new and in wrestling, as I would say, I was very green. They put me with a veteran. 
who happened to be Violet Flynn, and she was very kind enough and very patient enough to kind of help me get through what was really my first youth. And I have much respect for both Nikki Fox and Violet Flame, and I still see Violet Flame occasionally, and I keep pestering her about coming back to wrestling. I don't think she has any interest in it, but at the same time, I appreciate all that she did, and I know that she'd be an asset hill to women's wrestling here in New England. And now also during the end of 2007, you got a shot for the NECW women's title. What was it like being so yeah. green and getting a title shot? Terrifying, honestly. I'm one of those people that tends to, I don't want to say doubt myself, but I suppose that's probably the best way to put it is you never want to get kind of too big for your britches. You don't want to think that you're too good for anything. And so I'm very much my own worst critic, and I didn't think I was ready for it. I was honored and very excited, but at the same time terrified, because to me, that title has been held by uh, women of that I respect very, very much. And uh, the idea of even having a, an opportunity to wrestle for it was many, many emotions. Like I say, I was terrified, I was excited, happy. The title still holds a lot of merit in my book. And do you feel that getting this opportunity helped to boost your career and really push you to where you are right now in your career? Oh, absolutely. Back when the NECW women's title or the World Women's Wrestling title, when I had my opportunities, you could count on one hand how many all-girls promotions they were. And honestly, I think they were Shimmer, and maybe that was it. And so Sheldon was doing something new and different in this area by having an all-girls promotion. And so for me, I didn't think I was ready to go in the direction of Shimmer. And so the idea of having an all-girls promotion this close to home, especially something that was, at the time, was really new and kind of invented, that was huge. I feel like my best matches were for NECW. And now in 2008, you were in an uncensored women's battle royale for WSU. How did you prepare for that match, considering that what that match entails? That was another one of those moments in my mind was absolutely terrifying. I went down there. It was another thing that Nikki Ross had helped me get in down there. It's the one and only time I've ever wrestled for WSU, and I don't think it went as well as it could have. I had had a singles competition earlier in the night that didn't go quite so well. I think it was my nerves kind of got the best of me. But I was in the ring with who I would consider heavy at the time in terms of women's wrestling. There was Amy Wee was in there, and I remember she had a devastating chop. I believe I took at least one, if not a couple of her chops, and there was a number of women. It felt amazing to be in the ring with those women, but it was also another one of those terrifying moments that I felt very out of my element because they were light years beyond what I could do. So, And now also in 2008, you wrestled Taylor Hendricks, Nikki Rocks, and Electra. What was it like wrestling these three women? They are three of my absolute favorite opponent. All three women exceptionally talented. Nikki Rocks, I believe, had gone on to do fitness things. Obviously, she went to TNA, did a great job there. I actually saw Taylor Hendricks on Sunday, and she's still wrestling, doing amazing things. She's just a wonderful person in general. And Alexis, I still see her on a very regular basis. I saw her on Sunday as well, and she's, in my opinion, probably one of the most underrated women's wrestlers on this side of the continent. And now, in 2009, you started a major your rivalry with Alexis Nevea. How did this rivalry start? I don't 
even remember how it really started. I remember our feud started at the time I was working with a manager, Sean Gorman, and it was probably a lot of his calculation and luck for managing a champion. And I think he was the one that kind of put that idea in my head, and we kind of went in that direction. We started the hunt, and it really started to get really strong when that we had a title versus hair match. I believe that would have been in late 2008 or early 2009. And of course, Alexis is a powerhouse. She's very small in stature, but she certainly carried her own, and she took me to the limit. People really expected that I was going to have my head shaved, and through a series of unfortunate incidents for her, I was able to basically choke her out, and I became the World Women's Wrestling Champion. And now being the champion for the first time in your career, did you have any pressure, and what was it like really being the face of a company? I remember after I won the title, I went to the back, and at the time we were set up on a second floor, which is where the show was being held. I went out onto the fire escape, and I cried. It was an incredibly big deal for me. I realized that a company was putting their face in me to be the face of women's wrestling for them for a time. And it wasn't so much that I felt pressure. I felt slightly validated that my hard work was finally being noticed by somebody. I trained very hard. At the time, I was still going to wrestling practice, and I would practice three days a week, and it was 80 miles from my home. So I would work all day and then go and meet my brother. We'd drive 80 miles up to wrestling practice, and then I would go home at night, get home late, and then get up the next day and do it all over again, and then do shows on the weekends. And I felt like my hard work was finally paying off and that people were finally starting to notice the effort that I had put into this. And it's definitely a wonderful feeling to know that people trust you enough to carry something so special as a women's title and they have enough faith in your ability. It means a lot. And now you defended this title a few times. How do you feel that your first title run ran? I'm proudest of the matches that I had during my title reign. That first title reign of ECW or Triple W, however you want to refer to it. I had some amazing matches with amazing opponents. At the time, there was a, a lovely Puerto Rican girl named Ivy. I don't even think she wrestles anymore, but we had some really good matches. I had several matches with Taylor Hendricks. For me, they rank up on my best matches. I had rematches with Alexis Nevaeh that took me to the limit, and I'm, I'm incredibly proud of. And I feel like my best wrestling was done during that time frame of my first title reign. Do you find it harder to go after a title or do you find it harder to defend your title? It's usually harder to defend just because when you're the champion, everybody wants a piece because everybody wants that title. And so everybody's coming for you. You have a target on your back and everybody wants what's yours. So you're wrestling more because there's so many people that want to take what's yours and you have to defend it. So I would say defending is got to be the most difficult part. And now in 2011, you had the opportunity to wrestle Mercedes KV, also known as Sasha Banks. What was it like wrestling Sasha at a very young age? Honestly, I remember hearing about Mercedes when I heard that there was a girl training a chaotic training school down in Massachusetts and they said that there's this young girl named Mercedes that's really good and I'm always thrilled when there are girls that uh, can kind of tough it out because most places that train wrestlers tend to be really rough on girls and you have to have a thick skin you have to be tough and you have to really want it. A lot of girls they don't understand what physically goes into it but I heard such good things about Mercedes so I was very anxious to wrestle her and I remember we had a very good chemistry from the first time that I wrestled her. We wrestled 
Fairfield a number of times, and I remember being in a gymnasium up in Fairfield, Maine, and I remember saying to her, I think we'd actually ridden there together. I remember sitting in the bathroom in the shower stalls. We were sitting on the floor waiting to wrestle, and I remember telling her, I know you're not going to be around here much longer. She smiled, and I said, no, you're not going to be around here much longer. You're really too good for this area, but I'm really going to get as much as I can out of it while I can. And it wasn't too much longer than that that she was kind of whisked away, and she went on to, uh, obviously, a bigger and better thing. She makes me exceptionally proud when I see what she's become and how wonderful she is and her abilities. And I'm very proud to say that I have wrestled. She'll always be Mercedes to me. And I'm very proud to say that I wrestled Mercedes KV a number of times and very proud of her. And now after wrestling her in 2012, you had an opportunity in PWF to win the tag team titles. How did that all come about? Uh, I was in a faction with my little brother, John Poe, who is legitimately my younger brother, and Little Evil. I think it was just kind of a matter of they wanted to get a group of freaks together. And my brother's a big guy, and, you know, he carried a chain, and they said, you know, what about the, you guys doing something together? And I was like, I would love to do something with my brother. That would be fantastic. So they kind of put this whole faction together, and we won the tag titles from T.J. Richter and John Monroe, I believe. It would be typically my brother and Robbie tagging together, or myself and my brother. And I almost think it was the promoters, Matt and Kyle, kind of throwing us a bone. They're very, very good guys, the White Brothers, and I think they were just doing us a favor and helping us out. And one of my favorite times, the, the whole PWF era was one of my favorite times in wrestling. It was a great family togetherness there, and I do miss it. And I'm very happy to say that I can still see the Matt and Kyle on occasion, and we love to reminisce about those days, and I'd love to see them come back again. And how did the crowd in the locker room react to you wrestling guys and winning the titles? Um, at the time, it was a weird mix. There were, I worked with some guys because we would always wrestle against male tag teams. And there were some that were okay with it and some that were not so okay with it, which I understood completely. I'm not somebody that's all on board with uh, intergender wrestling done a certain way. I feel like it can work. And I tried to be mindful of that. But I had some very fun matches. We worked with the Hoods and had a great little run with them. They were very kind to me and I appreciate all that they did for me. I still see them on occasion. They're good guys. and It was kind of a mixed reaction to it. For the most part, I would say it was probably 80% positive. I don't know if it's something I would do again, but I, at the time, I really enjoyed it. And now following your run with the tag titles, you faced Alexis Nevea again in 2013 in a series of matches leading up to you capturing your second title against her. How is this title run different than your first? I definitely feel like I was more... Season. I've had time to grow as a worker. Uh, I've been exposed to working with other people. I've had the opportunity to wrestle some famous women, and it helped me to improve and grow and expand my horizons. And I feel that I was definitely in a much better place to carry the title. And like I said, much more seasoned and probably more entertaining as well. And now in the last few years, starting in 2014, you had a few rivalries, one being with Davy N over the NECW women's title. How did this rivalry play out? I'm hoping it's still going to play out. To me, Davy N is the future of women's wrestling up here in New England and hopefully beyond New England. I honestly can't say enough good things about Davian. She trains hard. She hits the gym hard. She's strong. Her psychology is solid. 
and I really hope that you will continue as long as I can do this. And I have an incredible amount of respect for Davy, and, and I honestly would like to go on record as saying that I expect that big things will happen for her within the next few years. And now being that she was new and she's still learning, how did you feel that she brought a fight to you in the match, for lack of a better word? Her first match was against Barbie and her second match was against me. And I remember going out. I remember exactly where we were. I don't remember exactly what we did in the match, but I remember coming back and being very impressed, knowing that she had good instincts for somebody that hadn't been training for an exceptionally long period of time. For me, I learned everything through repetition. I'm not a natural. I had to learn kind of the hard way. And she seemed to pick things up very quickly. And like I said, her instincts are great. She has a good hold of wrestling psychology and I just remember thinking the first time I wrestled I'm like I hope she really sticks this out I can tell that she's going to be good and she is an exceptional opponent and I can't say enough good things about her and now another rivalry that started in 2014 was with Casey Ray who is widely respected how did that rivalry start that rivalry started Casey was the chaotic wrestling women's champion and I wanted that title. Going back to what we had said earlier, you had a very good question about which was better, defending or the chase. And she had something that I wanted, and that was the Chaotic Wrestling Women's Championship, which has been held by a few women, and they've all been exceptional competitors. Sasha Banks held the Chaotic Wrestling Women's title. Nikki Rocks did. Alexis Nevea has. It's a very small pool of champions, but it's a very prestigious title. And I wanted it. And... Casey, probably one of the most fun people I've ever had the opportunity to wrestle. She's a gymnast, and she's a naturally born athlete. She's incredibly flexible. She's a little key powerhouse, and I had such a good time, and it saddens me. She decided that wrestling was not her thing anymore. I'm disappointed and sad, and every now and then she'll post matches that she and I have had. It always makes me smile because it was a very happy time in wrestling for me in that I really enjoyed having the chance to work with Casey. She's a gifted athlete and I think she's one of those girls that she always needs a new, more challenging goal and I think she accomplished what she wanted and she's on for the next bigger and better thing. I wish her nothing but the best. I have very, very fond memories of my feud with Casey Ray. You eventually got the better of Casey Ray and captured the title, but she was a special guest referee in a match of yours with Alexis Nevea. How do you deal with that as a wrestler? I felt that I had to keep one eye on one girl and one eye on the other. It makes it a little harder to concentrate completely on who you're facing because when a special guest referee is thrown into the mix, regardless of who they're buddies with or whatnot, you have to keep one eye on them and the other eye on the opponent. And it definitely makes it much more interesting dynamic in a wrestling match. And sometimes it takes your mind off of what you need to be focused on. And unfortunately, I lost my focus and lost the title and hopefully at some point i will be in that chase again and i'll be coming for that chaotic wrestling women's title and now in having losing the title your focus then turned to your challenger nikki valentine how do you feel that the two of you being relatively the same age and being both veterans how do you feel that the two matches that you had with her played out nikki valentine has aligned herself with a very very powerful faction they call themselves maximum impact and I'm honestly expecting big things out of Maximum Impact. 
I think that Mecca, who's kind of the ringleader of the group, if she sticks with it, I think she has one of the biggest opportunities. I like to tell her that her biggest asset is her mouth, and she's an amazing talker. Her wrestling skills are growing, and I think at some point she's going to be a breakout star from New England. And Vanity Vixen, she and I go way, way back to when I first started wrestling, and she is a veteran that I should never, ever be underestimated. And I have much respect for her, but I certainly don't trust her in the least. And I know that she's kind of been the one sort of calling the shots behind the scenes with uh, Maximum Impact. And I think that between the three of them, they are a very, very dangerous faction. And I'm curious to see what their fans are going forward. And now, so far this year, you've only wrestled a few matches but can you go into any bookings that you have or any matches that you're going to be in that are going to be coming up soon? I just came from, on Sunday, I wrestled for Beyond Wrestling Women's Division. I think it was called Revolution Double F, and very proud to have been a part of that. It was down in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and great crowd, great group of girls, and they're already planning on a, a return show in July. And I can't say enough good things about Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Very small promotion that runs once a month in Newbury and they do a couple of other fundraiser shows and they have one of the best locker rooms and they have some of the greatest fans that I have ever wrestled in front of. And then do you have any advice for anybody who wants to get into the wrestling industry? My advice is to train hard and stick with it. I don't want to say girls have it here than guys, but there's not as many girls that tend to do this. It's regardless of what people say, wrestling is very difficult on your body. It really takes its toll, and some people can stick it out, some people can't. And if this is something you really want to do, I would say just keep training. The biggest thing is keep going to practice, find a reputable pool, and just keep training and getting as much as you can. Talk to people, have people watch your matches, ask for advice, and if somebody tells you you suck, don't disregard it. Ask them for help and you can't be too sensitive in this business and grow a thick skin i guess so those are the biggest things that i can offer in terms of advice and now we went into it a little bit before but do you have anything you'd like to promote facebook twitter website merchandise you can find me on Twitter under Mistress Belmont. You can find me on Facebook under Catherine Belmont with a C. If you want to send me an email, my email is mistressbelmont at yahoo.com. I try to respond as best as I can to as many messages as I can. I just want to say before we go, everybody, that thank you for listening to this week's podcast. And as always, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and a bunch of other places where you listen to your podcasts. And while you wait for next week's episode, you can check out my website, popanimecomics.com, for articles relating to anime, comics, wrestling, and pop culture, as well as you can follow us on Twitter at popanimecomics for all updates regarding this podcast, as well as the website. And I hope to see you as a subscriber following me on this podcast, checking me out on Twitter, reading my website. Until next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.